Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that demystifies history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're talking about the first documented UFO sighting in North American history. The first, but far from the last. The day was March 1st, 1639. Governor John Winthrop documented a report of unidentified flying objects in the sky above Boston. It wasn't a first-hand account. Winthrop hadn't witnessed the sight himself, but he considered the source of the story to be credible, so he wrote it up in the journal he kept about the daily happenings of the Massachusetts Bay Colony. The UFO described in Winthrop's private journal probably wasn't the first mysterious thing to be seen in America's skies, but the account is the first time anyone wrote down such a sighting, at least that we know of. According to Winthrop, the UFO in question was a great light that had been spotted at night in the sky above a nearby swamp. A local Puritan shoemaker named James Everill was the first to report seeing it. He and two unnamed friends had been rowing a boat along the muddy river that night when all of a sudden a bright light appeared in the sky. The men said that when it stood still, the light, quote, flamed up and was about three yards square. However, the light didn't stand still for long. According to the witnesses, it darted across the sky at high speed, traveling back and forth between their boat and the village of Charlestown, some two miles away. And if that weren't weird enough, the light apparently took the form of a huge glowing pig during its journey, or as Winthrop put it, quote, it was contracted into the figure of a swine and ran as swift as an arrow. Everill and his buddies were stunned. In fact, they were so captivated by the speeding light, they wound up sitting in their boat, watching it for hours. Two to three, according to Winthrop. 
They laid down their oars during the light show and were reportedly pushed about a mile downstream by the tide. And here's the strange part. When the light finally vanished, the men found they had somehow returned to their original location. No one remembered rowing back against the current, yet there they were, almost as if they'd been transported somehow. It's possible the wind changed direction and blew the men back upstream, or maybe they just misjudged how far they drifted in the first place. Still, it is odd that no one in the boat had any memory of the return trip, since they were all in agreement they had traveled at least some distance. Less skeptical listeners might interpret that detail as evidence of a fugue, a temporary dissociative state where a person loses memory of their actions and ends up in an unexpected place. Verified cases of fugues have been linked to severe stress, often brought on by traumatic events. That usually means things like war, abuse, or some kind of accident, though fugue states are also commonly reported by people who claim to have been abducted by aliens. Just saying. Of course, there are other potential explanations for what happened that night besides Little Green Men. For starters, maybe the guys in the boat were lying and hadn't seen anything at all. That's possible, but it would mean Governor Winthrop was a bad judge of character. And who wants to believe that? After all, he described James Everill as, quote, a sober, discreet man, someone he seemed to think was trustworthy. And then there's the fact that other people later corroborated the men's story. As Winthrop noted, quote, many other credible persons saw the same light after about the same place. So, assuming they were telling the truth, what might they have seen out there? The most frequently proposed explanation is a natural phenomenon called ignis fatus, which is Latin for foolish fire. It typically occurs in swamps and marshes, where there are large buildups of decaying organic matter. Natural gases are often emitted during decomposition, and when those come in contact with oxygen in the air, they sometimes ignite spontaneously, producing ghostly balls of fire that seem to hover in the air. Ignis Fatus have been the subject of folklore the world over for centuries. They're known by many names, including Will-o'-the-Wisps, Hobby Lanterns, Ghost Lights, and Spunkies. But whatever you call them, the atmospheric swamp lights are now all considered to be the byproducts of an explainable natural process. Or are they? Because while the marsh gas hypothesis is scientifically sound, it doesn't account for the strange behavior attributed to Ignis Fatus, such as racing across the sky in the shape of a pig. If Winthrop's account is accurate, then, it doesn't sound like a simple case of exploding swamp gas. That said, Governor Winthrop did recount another curious sighting five years later, and admittedly, that one sounds a lot more like traditional Ignis Fatus. In his journal entry, Winthrop wrote, quote, About midnight, three men coming in a boat to Boston saw two lights arise out of the water near the north point of the town cove, in form like a man, and then went at a small distance to the town, and so to the south point, and there vanished away. The fact that the lights rose out of the water, rather than flying through the sky, supports the idea they were gas emissions. And to be fair, the same could have been true of the 1639 sighting. Maybe the witnesses were just mistaken about which direction the light had come from. 
In either case, the event Everill and his friends observed that night caused quite a stir among their fellow Puritan colonists. It was also noteworthy enough to capture the interest of Governor Winthrop. We'll never know for certain what the men in the boat really saw that night, and it's that ambiguity that gives the story its appeal. Maybe the light was an especially spirited burst of gas. Maybe it was the first alien encounter in North America. Or maybe it was a Chinese spy balloon. That's the best part about UFOs. You get to use your imagination, and science can't do a thing about it. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to send them my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.